It's the Fantasy Soccer Alienation Podcast. <laughs> Driving sure. a wedge between our listeners and us 90% of the time. Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith, Scott Weeby, and Brian Shesko. Hey guys, welcome back. Yo, yo, yo. And we are continuing our summer series of episodes, getting everyone ready for the new season, trying to be all things to all people, making sure you're familiar with the new clubs coming up, promoted to the Premier League this coming year. We've already done those episodes. Check that earlier in our feed. Uh, we're also, we just finished up uh, two different episodes on how to play Fantasy Premier League. What you probably know, but some of you may not, is that the standard FPL league is a budget league yep. where you get 100 pounds or $100, as we like to say sometimes. Pound dollars sometimes. $100 billion or, you yeah. know, we, 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 we're, we're fast and loose with the money. Mm. Yeah. But you get 100 pounds and you've got to buy 15 players and, you know, stay within your budget and Try out the best starting 11 each week based on the players that you've purchased. Well, the FPL decided to go the way of draft leagues starting this year. Okay. And I have to say that while draft leagues are not anything new to the Premier League, there are draft leagues and have been draft leagues out there for years now. Uh, This is something new to FPL. and, uh, And I'm excited because as American soccer fans, football fans, we are absolutely qualified to discuss draft leagues <laughs> yeah this is true in general as because nfl as nfl football fans right. draft leagues, american football american football that's it the nfl is has exploded in popularity in large part because of fantasy draft leagues yep and so we know what we're talking about when it comes to draft leagues, and we're going to bring that into our fpl conversation and today. because americans love violence well, there's that too. <laughs> now, a couple of quick things. You, if you are on the uh, per, you know, fantasy Premier League's uh, mailing list, you've already gotten this email. But just a couple of things to get out of the way really quickly about some of the rules and how this draft league works, and then we'll discuss strategies and tips for how to succeed. Oh yeah, in your draft league. So first of all, uh, this is something that you can do alongside a budget league. You don't have to pick one or the other. You can do both. We will do both. There this are season. two ways to play. That's exactly right. Uh, you can choose leagues of anywhere from two, have fun going head-to-head with one person all season long, yeah. uh, or up to 16. Uh, that's a and lot. That's a lot of guys. Holy smokes. That's going to be a 16 hard. Team. That's a deep league, if man. A, if you're in a 16-team fantasy Premier League draft private league, congratulations. That is the peak of of difficulty right there if you think about it 16 guys you Listen, gotta, you got to play you got you got to own three strikers that's 48 forwards for 20 premier league clubs if you're in a 16 team league we're probably never going to touch on the players that you might not that you, you might, might need to, to know about <laughs> exactly right <laughs> because it's going to be so deep they're going to be hoping that Connor Wickham gets a gets a 90th minute sub in in a game to get one. They got point. a point. They got a point. <laughs> no, you're literally going to have to buy a third forward on eight different clubs. Oh, amazing. Saido Barahino will be owned. Yes, yes fact. He will. fact. John Stones in that league will be owned. Uh, 
Maybe. shouldn't be though. <laughs> he was the let's see. 16 times 5 is what? Quick math, Brian. That's 80, right? 80. Okay, fine. I'll grant you. He was the 75th highest scoring defender, okay, so he see? could be he, he could be, be owned, owned by the last place guy. Uh the best part of the draft league, I dare say, is the draft before the season starts. Typically, yes. It's one of the most fun things to do. If you can get together with your buddies in your league and and hang out together and do the draft together, it is so fun. It's L- the closest thing live to live drafts oh, are fantastic. I was so in a, fun. for for years and uh, just recently, the, the league uh, dissolved. But for years, I was in uh, a fantasy American football league. And this is not a football podcast, Brian. And this is not an American football podcast. I know. And we would draft live, and it was absolutely fantastic. We'd yes. usually have good food. There's typically adult beverages there. Some guys, predictably, every year. Their drafting would get worse as the <laughs> night would go on, and they'd get impatient, and that's when, man, you could just jump in there and steal some things, Brian. I always did well in that league. To be clear, you would steal good players. Still good players, yes, yes, not yes. other people's adult no, raiding, Not okay. raiding other friends' homes. <laughs> that's, yeah, I'm not stealing the jewels or dollars or credit cards or anything Or pounds. Else. Yeah. The point is... The point is the draft is a lot of fun. It's a great social event to kick off what hopefully would be a fun draft league season. Now, you can set up how you do your draft league in one of two ways. You can either just do a classic format and try to score the most points with your players, or you can go head-to-head each week against a different player in your league, and and each week would change the schedule. You'd play a different player and and play everyone else head-to-head an equal number of times throughout all the different game weeks. And then you'd either win or lose, and obviously the person with the most wins. Is there playoffs, Scott? Hopefully not. (laughs) Hopefully not. That would defeat the purpose. But the key to a draft league is that there is no overlap in players between different owners in the league. That's right. Your player you draft is unique to your team and your team only. You own the rights to that player and all his points. Until you drop him or trade him away. Or trade him away. That's exactly right. So uh, that is how the draft league works. Why should people play this, and uh, what kind of tips do we have for them, Dave? Well, why you should play it is – it's a lot of fun. Now, it is different. It is different because you can really – I had this as my last point, but I'm going to bump it up to my first point because I realized I'm going to say it twice because it's that important. Okay. Okay? You can't win your league on draft night, Ooh. but you can lose it. That's a great point. Okay? You cannot win, Brian, your league on draft night, but you can lose it. Yeah, I agree. And – a couple bad choices. And what I would suggest, too, is especially – and what I mean by this. Last year, I was in a draft league. I drafted Riyad Mahrez as my first pick. Yikes. He was horrible. Yeah. Okay? My second pick was Mesut Ozil, Scott. Eesh. He, the first half of the season, was horrible. Those are two pieces of wet toilet paper right there. Dude. Man, mm-hmm. players – that I like to say with weak mentalities have the mentalities of wet toilet paper. That's right. They just I fall did, apart. I did steal that from you. Fair enough. Now, getting back to my what was originally my first point, okay. right, is this. Take the best talent available. Don't fill slots just to fill slots. In other okay. words, let's say I got, uh, you know, I wanted to, to fill up all my midfield before I moved to defense yeah. or, 
or or, or, or like, go don't, forward midfielder defender like in an order like don't do yeah, that don't like don't put yourself in a box if if someone if, if in the first round you you drafted Eden Hazard yeah or Deli Ali and it comes back to you and for some reason you know Firmino's on the board again I haven't looked at rankings yet at all so sure, I'm sure, just kind of sure. but there, your point is these are rankings out there yeah. like take Take the talent that's there. Yeah. They'll be like, okay, I already have a, a top midfielder. I need to have a top striker. No, 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 no. On average, and we've covered this before, midfielders score more than defenders and f- strikers. Yeah. So the priority, in my opinion, should be midfielders, strikers, then defense. And so, man, if someone's sitting there and that talent is there, don't take it. I mean, don't skip him just to fill slots in another position. Okay. Number two, don't overdraft someone's value. It's not overdrafting if he won't be there when he comes back to you, so go get him. Okay. I love that you said this. Can I interrupt you before Absolutely. you finish your point sure. or while you're still in? No, no, point? go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. So in real life, yeah. the NFL draft is a thing. NFL fans watch it, even though like my wife was like, Why are you watching this? There's no sports to this. Sure. They're just picking players. I'm like, Yeah, it's true, but there's something fun about it. But inherently Every single year, announcers will repeat over and over and over again whether or not a player was taken at a good time in the draft or not based on their perceived value of that player. Yep. And you have to – now, I know you hate this. I absolutely hate it. You really hate this, but but you have to address this. You have to – like, this is a real thing, though. This is a real thing. It's fake. No. It's fake because okay. listen. Okay, so let's say let's say there's a guy. I don't. We I haven't seen the draft rankings for FPL8 either. But let's okay. say there's a guy who's ranked fifth overall. Yeah, they have the preseason predictions or Kevin the ranking DeBrowner. predictions. Fifth overall, and I get him at the. I'm I'm the last pick in the first round. So of an eight player league, I give him a number eight. I get the fifth ranked player at number eight. Most people would say, hey. That's a good value yep. at number eight. Sure. Guess what? If Kevin DeBrowner doesn't score me any points all year, who cares about value? You're right, but think about what you just said. Kevin DeBrowner had 21 assists last year. Holy crap, right? There is value there. His past performances produce a value. Now, in budget leagues, which which we've done before too, it's – you can kind of throw this out the window a little bit because they actually have a priced value, right? Yeah. So in draft, they don't. Everyone technically has the same price because everyone's the same. So you have to give a perceived – I mean, let's be honest. You're not drafting John Stones in the first round. Why? Because he has <laughs> value. And he's, he's like no one's going to own him, right? Well, they so, shouldn't, but they will. Lots I'm of people drafting, are, man. I'm not drafting <laughs> Marcus <laughs> Rashford with my first pick. Right. He could be good. Sure. But chances are, chances are he won't be, and he won't be as good as he's not going to produce like Sanchez or Hazard or you know Seagerson or whoever probably right. Right. Chances are he won't. He's not even going to. He probably unless Lukaku gets hurt, he's not going to outscore Lukaku right. Right. So I'm not going to draft if if all of a sudden like oh I want Rashford. Rashford's on the board and well Lukaku's there too, but I think Rashford's going to score more, Brian. I mean that's just stupid. That's idiotic. But because everyone's working from the same list, usually everyone's looking at the same rankings, and you're kind of working not only with your own valuation, but other people's valuations. So you know 
you could get nine, 99 times out of 100, you can get Marcus Rashford farther down in your draft. That's correct. I can take than, than you could get, say, Lukaku, yes. Kane, now, Aguero, or anyone like that. Where so that's why you wouldn't pick a guy yeah. like that. Early. Now, most drafts work in a snake manner. So it goes, let's just say there's 10 people in the draft. So it goes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10, 9, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Did I just do that correctly? No, but go ahead. Anyways, you get the point, right? Yes. 10 gets to draft back to back. And then, so, so, anyways, so what Left will happen is. Just, well, okay. Yeah. Let's say a player's <laughs> coming up. I have the sixth pick. And, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, I really want, we'll say, said Marcus Rashford. I'm, it's in the eighth round. And I was like, you know, man, gosh, I want Rashford. I think he actually is going to have a decent year. I'm looking at the other strikers on there. I'm like, and there's still some other midfielders out there that are higher ranked than him because there'll be a, like an overall ranking of perceived points, you know. That, sure. And so I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, maybe I'll wait. Maybe I'll wait one more round. Maybe Brian at picking at seven when it comes back to me is not going to pick him. And then he comes back to me, and sure enough, Brian drafted him. I'm like, God bless. Okay, so that's not overdrafting him because if he's not going to be there when it gets back to you, that's not overdrafting. Can I just make my point ag yes. again? There is a difference between <laughs> saying, I'm going to pick Marcus Rashford in the eighth round because I think he's going to score some points. Right. And I'm going to pick Marcus Rashford in the eighth round because he's a fifth-round pick. Do you yes. see the difference yes, there? Yes, that's, that's a very big Difference and good distinction. Thank you. Well, sure. But hold on. But why? Okay, fair. But why is he a fifth-round pick? He's a fifth-round pick because of the perceived points he's going to score. Everyone's going to have – Sanchez will be at the top of the list, assuming he's in the Premier League. <laughs> He'll probably be at the top. He scored the most points by far of anyone last year. So everyone's going to have a perceived point total on there. And so you, you have to then said, you know, I mean, why draft – you're not going to draft all defenders – Scott, you can have the option in a draft league for your first five picks to probably pick the five top defenders if you want to, all Chelsea defenders, if you want to. But defenders aren't going to score you points. Now, the flip side of that is I'm if you hold on. Uh, you on some of these That's fair. Statements. On the flip side of that, if you did have all of Chelsea's defenders, they were all at the top of the sheet last year, right. and those are defenders now that are on your team. No one else is getting the, those defender points but you. So – I mean, there sort of is a little bit of a silver lining there. My point being, don't overdraft someone. All you need is to be able to see the future. That's it, Ryan. That's the biggest. That's all you have to that's do. That's the most crucial skill that you could take into your draft is to be able to see the future. No. All right. That's not most people. Number three. Next thing. Yeah. Sky, this is killing Scott. Yeah. I like to, I like <laughs> to draft in, quote, safe teams. And what that means by the, is this. Guys that aren't coming off injuries and guys that don't have injury pasts. Okay, because, Brian, injuries are impossible to predict, right? You can't predict injuries, and you cannot predict whether or not a goalie is going to score. You cannot. Either one of those. Uh-huh. Certain guys get hurt more. You can, look at, you can look at players. Listen, your first five or six picks, do some research. Find out who's, who typically plays every game during the season. Cesar Azpilicueta never missed a game last year. Mm -hmm. Played every single game. Wes Morgan, two years ago. Laurent Koscielny missed a lot of games last year. I was going to say, wait, hold up. <laughs> right? But yeah, yeah. in a budget league, their values are going to be close to the same. But I would say Azpilicueta, especially in a draft league, obviously has more value. He's just a more durable player. Um, so, anyway. Mawson. 
Watson's a more valuable player than Coach Shanley. Well, no, and and <laughs> well, and it might it might turn out to be the case, right? Yeah. So, anyways, I like to draft safe teams and not reach too much too early, especially in the earlier rounds. I like to go with the with the safe bets. Number four, if your pick is coming up and you don't like any players that are kind of in the next like ten kind of ranking spots, mm-hmm. then fill a slot. Like if you're coming up and like, oh man, like there's there's uh you know there, there's some midfielder uh, mid midfielders in the rankings coming up. Like Connor Wickham's the next striker. I'm picking on that guy today, but you know what I'm saying, Brian. Like I'm just yeah. like Dusan Tadic is my is my best ranked midfielder coming up. I could use a midfielder, but I don't really like that dude. I don't like him. I'm, I'm just I gonna. T- I'm gonna go like with the defender. A I'm gonna go with the next highest defender. I'm okay with that if you do that. I'm okay with that. Okay. But I think you should also have a list of guys that you really that might be ranked a little bit lower that you think are gonna have good seasons, kind of breakout seasons. Maybe from a new team. Maybe a Lewis Dunk, Brian, who yeah. I think is gonna be Man, amazing. You're you're all about you're dunking yourself. I'm gonna dunk all over Scott all season long with that pick. <laughs> hey, I no, don't think so. You're no. letting yourself get dunked on. That's it. Number five, do your research, man. And and this pick, this is is obviously following number four here. There can be steals in later rounds. Can I just go back to the NFL draft for a second? Okay, sure. So the NFL draft is broken up into three days. Yes. Round one is the first day. Yeah. Rounds two and three are the second day, and then rounds four through seven are the third day. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those losers who records and starts to watch rounds four through seven. I never finish, but I start it every year with the best intentions of finishing. And literally every year, Trey Wingo on ESPN, who does rounds four through seven, says the same thing. This, this is where championship teams That's right. fill out their rosters is in rounds four through seven. Those diamonds in the rough. Oh man, that doesn't sound like Trey Wingo, but you know what I mean. It's he says impression. something to that effect yeah, every single year. Yeah, I would dare say rounds eleven through fifteen are very important. You will be lucky if you can find one, but if you can get one or two. Maybe 1.5 because you can get a half steal. I mean, it can happen. I'm just saying. Do, it depends on how deep research. your league is. Do a little bit of research. Yeah. And it does. It the Premier League, does. the fantasy Premier League draft site says that their ideal, what they deem the ideal league size for the draft league is eight, eight teams. Is that right? Yes. Okay. They say that that is their, they've, they've, they've I guess they've crunched the numbers or done some mm. sort of research into, in their estimation. The ideal size of a league is eight because okay. that's the maximum team that you can build the best players that are allowed to be spread out over the the ideal number of teams. Sure. Once you get over that, I mean, I can't I can't think that ten is terrible. Ten seems yeah, like sure. a nice round number, but I think once you get like in a lot of uh, sports here, I think ten and yeah. not, a t- not a football podcast, but in fantasy American football. Every number, every person over ten, mm-hmm. you start to uh, the things get a little diluted, and player the player yep. pool starts to thin out a little much, and then you start getting into players that you don't ever you don't even you never would have even known their That's names right. if it wasn't for fantasy sports. Yep, I agree. Next point: pay attention to certain systems that clubs play. Some players that might get subbed out, like in other words, if you have a a, a bench player, if, or if you're filling out your bench. You might pick a Liverpool player. You might you might pick a let's say for some reason, Scott. What's a what's a Liverpool kid I don't know about that's going to get some playing time? Trent Alexander Arnold. There you go, Trent Alexander Arnold. It comes down to your second or last pick, and you're like, man, 
I don't know who to go with. Trent Alexander-Arnold, though, if he gets subbed in, he's going to be playing in that Klopp pressing style, and he won't be clopped till after Christmas. So, man, he might get a chance to actually do something, put himself in some scoring positions, maybe some goals. Pay attention to certain systems. Like, don't take a, a West Brom second or third. Don't take a West Brom striker, period, probably. But, I mean, oh, that's not that's not fair to West Brom because there were, there were a different West Brom last year. Well, until they hit 40 points. Middlesbrough sucked last year. In other words, Negredo barely was playable. You're definitely not playing his backup, right? So, you know, this year, Huddersfield Town. Probably don't be playing their – their first striker, definitely don't be having their second striker on your bench. Why? Probably just not going to score many goals because they're, they're going to be in a defensive system that they're just trying to survive. And then, again, the last point, and I'll just say it again because it's it's good enough to be the first and the last point, Brian. Mm. You cannot win your league on draft night, but you can lose it. Those are good, Dave. Yep, that's uh, it. While you were giving your six and a half points, I yeah, actually sure. wrote four of my own down, a couple of them opposite of yours. Well, that's perfect. Is that all right if I give those Sure. To you? Let's confuse everyone. Brian. You can't win your <laughs> – You can't lose your league on draft night. But you can but win But you it. can win it. Wait, what? <laughs> no, that's not it. All right, so first of all, the first thing I was thinking about yep. is that the fact that the transfer window closes at the end of August – is even worse for an FPL draft league. It's true. Yes, it's a fact. Alexis is going to go in the first round of every draft league unless he's sold before the season starts. And what happens if you draft him in the first round and then he is sold out of the Premier League? Then you lose him. Yeah, the, the Premier League has to fix this. They have to fix this. I am not... Remember when we were talking last season? We kept talking about those moments when you feel smarter than your favorite club's manager and how that's a terrible... Wonderful but terrible place to be. Mm, yes. Because there's it's a helpless feeling. Oh yeah. You know, Wenger couldn't change formations fast enough. You saw it, but he didn't see it until it was too late and they missed out on the Champions League. It, you see it all the time. I cannot be the only one who thinks closing the window on August first is a good idea. It's clean, it's neat, it's simple, it's prior to the start of the season. It gives almost two weeks for clubs yes. to be able to put their rosters together and prepare for the start of the season. And it gives me, as a fantasy owner, more importantly, the ability to do the same thing. Yeah. I do not, like, I cannot draft if I don't know who is going to be playing where or if they're going to be playing at all. It. This point is even has way bigger value than in draft leagues and budget leagues. Yeah, we, if you listen to our two-part budget league uh, how to play a budget league um, episode series previously in our feed. You heard me make the same point. It, it matters even more here. Uh, you know, hopefully, I can only hope, I can only hope, honestly, my, my number one goal now is for Alexis to go to PSG, not because I want your heart broken, Dave. Just because he's out of the league. Because I want him out of the league, and I want there to be such a furor yeah. among draft fans, this oh, new yeah. draft system oh, that, yeah. that the Premier League says, you know what, we got to fix this. Yes. That's what I want. Hey, Got to start somewhere. It could be there. There could be something. I mean, if if Giroux would create that kind of fear, then great. But he won't. It has to be Alexis. Sure. I'm sorry. Sure. All right. That's point number one. Number two. You kind of softened on this as you went throughout your points. You said go with the best player available in the beginning, and then maybe draft a position if you don't like players that you're that are, that are right. high in the rankings. I get that. However, 
part of my preparation for a draft league is looking at the depth of each position. The depth of each position. You're okay, yeah. So how many goalkeepers are there that I really want? And when will they probably be drafted? How many tier one defenders are out there? Tier two defenders, tier three defenders. Same right. thing with midfielder and forward. Right. You mentioned midfielder. It is a loaded position. Guess what? If I'm not picking in the first few picks, meaning Delhi's gone, Alexis right. is gone. Right. Um, you know, insert a couple of Probably others. De Bruyne is gone. A couple of Liverpool, you know, for me, Coutinho, yeah, if he's right. still Coutinho there. You know, and Sonny, if I'm picking yeah. seventh or eighth, I mean, and right. midfielders are taken in the first six picks, I might actually not pick a midfielder with my first pick. I might go to another position like defender and get the best defender. I get it. No, I and I hear you, and that's not necessarily bad because, especially if that defender, on average, scores a significant amount more than and if other are, said defenders, and if there are fewer top tier defenders, and you can guarantee on the one. Board, no, no, I agree yeah. with that, and that's fair, right? But again, what does it all come down to? What's our number one? <laughs> what's our number one thing? The, the fancy soccer uh, FC podcast says. Don't pick John Stones. That, that You're right. That probably is number one. It is my number one. Number two is points Find or points. Find a goal-scoring goalkeeper. No, no. Scott. <laughs> points or points. I do agree with you. So, in other words, like, let's say let's say uh, there's eight players drafting. The first six take midfielders, okay? Number seven comes to you. You're like, I'm not taking the seventh, the next seventh yeah. guy. The top defender is going to be take, more valuable. I'm going to take... The, the top defender, or I'm going to take the top striker. I'm going to take Lukaku. Yeah. Or I'm not sure who's ranked number one yet, but we'll just, let's just say it's him. So It's Harry Kane. If you get, yeah, Lu- if well, you but get I know, Lukaku. But, well, it is Harry Kane, but you are down on Harry Kane in the beginning of the year. Yeah, sorry, you think, sorry the scout. You yeah, think it's different, Tottenham. It's not different in a draft. Drafting Harry Kane in the first three picks is different than making sure you have him at the beginning of the of season in your yeah. budget. No, no, that's fair. That's, that's fair. All right. So let's say, yeah, no, but think about this. So at seven, let's say, again, you're drafting at seven. Yeah. It's it's one of the four, five, six, seven, eight. Brian's drafting at eight. So you, I'll get number 10. Yeah. Second pick of the second or, round. Yep, that's exactly right because he'll pick twice. So in other words, you're, you're probably still going to get to take one of your top defenders and you get a top striker. So, so last year when we played the draft league, the strategy I'm discussing is what I did. Everyone took midfielder or right. forward in the first round, and I picked late. And so I went number one defender, number one goalkeeper with my first two picks because I knew I was going to get the best at those positions. Right. And that, and I felt confident that I might not get top-ranked midfielders and forwards, but the positions were deep enough that I was going to be able to get you know, two tier two midfielders. Sure. And that would balance out with my top defender and my top goalkeeper. Yes. I would just be cautious about this because on average you could say this is really you, you really start digging into some numbers and I haven't ran any numbers yet. Sure. But bottom line is you can you can dig into the numbers and find out that the the, the top twenty midfielders are all gonna be eh, probably pretty close. And then you could look at, you know, the top you know, or maybe it's just a top five, and then there's there's another tier underneath it where they're all kind of close. You just got to be careful. Sometimes, though, like I said, points are points. You know, you can still – I agree. Points are points. And so I mean, – You still got to go yeah. with – in other words, you might take – if you take 
as Pilaqueta, if I'm drafting it at four, I'll just get Marcus Alonso when it comes back to me. And then I, I'm, I'm not going to be that far behind you right there. But I see your point. I, I get it. Like, don't just fall in line because that's what everyone else did and just take the leftovers. No, 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 no. I get it. Plus, if the league is big enough and there's a huge run on one particular yep, position, I agree. you really could lose out on an entire segment of players that are all very good. And, and especially depending on how you prioritize, you could lose all of the players you've prioritized in a given span, depending <laughs> yeah. on also depending on where you're picking. Yep. If you're if you're number one or number ten, or you're at the ends of the draft. Yeah, you get two picks back to back that are pretty close to each other, but there is a waiting. long wait before long you wait. get before it comes I love back being, to you again. I love being in the corners of drafts. I love, love, love. If I can get close to a corner of a draft, that's that's where I'd like to choose to be every time. Interesting. My third point is to schedule your draft as late as possible before the start of the season. Agree completely. Yeah. Even more important with a transfer window still open. The Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, all members of the podcast agree 100% with that statement. Draft as late as, as late you as possibly possible. can. Where's our headline news uh, music? Because for all of us yeah. to agree on a point is headlines. Yes, it, it'll be there. And then I'm surprised you didn't mention something that you actually brought into the budget league when uh, during our podcast last season yep. as a strategy. Do you mm-hmm. know where I'm going with this? No. That That comes out of draft league strategies. Okay. I'm shocked you didn't mention it. Oh, the handcuffs. handcuffs. Okay, yeah. yeah, no, sure. No, you're right. That's a good point. Go ahead. So lead into it. You, you want me to lead into it. So in the budget league is where it still makes the most sense for the draft league too, but we've talked about in the budget league where there could be value in handcuffing yourself at a position, probably goalkeeper, where if you have, say, a, a top, level goalkeeper, yeah. David De Gea, a Hugo. Well, let's use David De Gea because he's got a, a pretty high – well, you could use Hugo Lloris too. Um, mm-hmm. Some of these top goalkeepers in the league. I'll use those two as an example. De Gea with Manchester United, Hugo Lloris with Tottenham Hotspur. If you get one of those two guys, one strategy you might want to consider is later in the draft also drafting their backup. Yeah. For uh, De Gea, as of – time we're recording this, he's still at Manchester United. His backup is Sergio Romero. He'll be there at the start if of the season. If De Gea gets hurt or gets benched because it's a particularly busy time in the fixture list, Sergio Romero is going to come in and play for him. You know that. Yeah. And if that's the case, Romero's on your squad. You can just put him right in. You're handcuffing yourself by attaching your backup uh, to your starting goalkeeper, and you know that no matter what, Manchester United goalkeeper, or for Lloris, you know, Michelle Vorm, yeah. uh, you know that, that that goalkeeper position is going to be set either way. And you could guarantee, nearly guarantee going into the draft, that your very last pick is that backup. No one else in your league is going to take the backup to anyone in the Premier League, unless it's your a last 16. pick in the draft, Brian. I, I'm if, saying if you're you taking could, two goalkeepers before the last pick in the draft. You should be shot. What I'm saying is that's a good strategy. But what I'm saying is you could take you could take someone who is a top goalkeeper in the first five rounds. Yes, and then ignore every other goalkeeper for the rest of the time until your last pick 
and make it the backup because no one in the world would at last season would have taken both Simone Mignolet and Loris Carias. No one would have taken both of the those guys. The only caveat I have to add to that, Brian, is is if you have more than 10 guys in your league, backups have to be chosen. Sure. That's true. So that would be the only time where what you're saying isn't true. That's true. But as long as you're in that 8 to 10 sweet spot, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, all right, all all good points there, Scott, and, and especially the ones where you uh, you disagreed with me on. Those are always perfect. I love giving completely opposite points of views, and then that and, and you know everyone's confused. I'm just kidding. After that, listen, that's the great part about doing a podcast. You're not always going to hear the same stuff, Brian. No, hardly ever. I mean, I think that one point that Scott said is the only one we've ever agreed on, which is right. Points are points. That wasn't the point, was no, it? No, it was draft as late as possible. That's it. All right, well, listen. we. Uh, I'm really excited for FPL draft. I just want to say. It is going to be fun. I'm dreading it, the transfer window. It very well I'm, could be the catalyst to the change that we all seek. Very in, well. In the rise of fantasy soccer, the fantasy injury. other non-American football. Uh, to becoming something that's actually viable that many more millions of people want to play. I think I think calling uh, calling it non-American football <laughs> is probably the worst thing that we can do to our British fans. Look, <laughs> all I'm saying is we have a football here that we are competing actively against it's true. in talking about other people's football. That's all I'm saying. It is so hard for us to do a soccer podcast because we know it's football yeah but we can't say football yeah because we're trying to bridge that american british gap yeah and if we say football half the people who listen are thinking one sport and the other half are thinking a totally different sport that's it that's so it. that's why we there's just no keep... disrespect to the game we just gotta yeah. call it soccer. And we don't like the duplicity so that's why we're trying to be fair to both sides yeah, yeah. that's why we don't say football slash soccer every time that's right you don't want to listen to that either no this is the Fantasy Football Slash Soccer FC podcast. <laughs> I'm sure that domain name's available, but who wants it? We, we, we've screwed the name up. <laughs> and now swearing. <laughs> this all of a sudden became not kid-worthy. It's the Fantasy Soccer Alienation podcast. <laughs> Driving sure. a wedge between our listeners and us 90% of the time. All right, well, listen, we've made it to the end of the pod. Hope your drafts go well. Until next time. Until next time.